going through a, a series of lessons through the, the letter of James. Um, I would call it a book, but it's really so short. Uh, it's really more of a, a letter. And we are right in the middle of chapter 3, talking about wisdom. And I preached for so long last week, I couldn't finish. So uh, we cut this message, kind of this lesson in half. And um, we're going to finish it today. So last week we talked a little bit about wisdom and what James thought about wisdom. And he's really con comparing and contrasting earthly wisdom and heavenly or godly wisdom. And we talked about some of the things that are present when we talk about earthly wisdom last week. And wisdom is kind of a, a word we don't maybe use a lot very, many, very much anymore, but it's, it's basically a way of thinking, the process of thinking, how you think and how you put those thoughts into practice. And so last week we talked about earthly wisdom, about the, in general, wisdom is, is more than just knowledge, right? Wisdom is having knowledge, but knowing how to put that knowledge into practice, okay? And so we identified that there are two different types of wisdom. James identifies that. One is an earthly type of thinking and an earthly type of putting things into practice. And then there's this godly type of thinking and a godly way of putting things into practice. Can you think of, uh, those of you here last week, can you think of one particular um, uh, evidence of earthly wisdom or worldly wisdom? Jealousy, Jealousy was there. That's right. That phrase we Yes, this phrase that we sometimes tell ourselves, we lie to ourselves, and we say, oh, well, I can't. I can't do any better because I'm just, I'm just human, okay? Um, and this idea that we kind of, we, f we feel smart about saying that, but really that's, that's just an excuse. We can actually do better. And we talked about the contrast of um, this idea that uh, when we say that we can't do better and we're only human, we're really just saying to ourselves we're almost like an animal. Whereas God is saying that you're created in his image and that you are more than human. That if you live life in combination and in connection with him, you're more than just a human. You're, you're uh, a human with God living inside in your heart. And so that's, that makes all the difference. And we'll see that today as we go through what godly wisdom is about. So a couple of good memories there. What else? Do you remember anything else that we talked about identified as earthly or... Worldly wisdom. There was envy. Uh, whenever we're thinking worldly, there's this idea of envy and being and covetousness, uh, saying that I want to I want to get ahead, and so we tend to envy other people. We tend to look at what they have and we want it, whether it's possessions or talents or abilities. That earthly side or worldly thinking says. I want what they've got because you're not comfortable with what your own talents and your own abilities are. That's a, re it's a really good indication of earthly or worldly thinking. So uh, if you want to continue uh, looking at that, your notes has last week's notes in it. Uh, so you can go through and, and have a look at uh, some of those scriptures. But we're going to concentrate on dot point number two, which is heavenly wisdom. 
this morning. Uh, James 3, 17 and 18 says, But wisdom that is from above, which is heavenly wisdom, wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy, and the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Man, that sounds great, doesn't it? Got a lot of great adjectives about uh, godly wisdom. There's a lot of things that are present when we think God's way, when we think the way he wants us to think. And so those are all things that we would want. Is there anything in that list you don't want? If somebody don't, you know, do you want, you not want to have peace? You don't want gentleness in your life? You want people, you want more of that? You want all of it. Okay, great. Uh, you want to be uh, surrounded by people who are reasonable? Make sense? That's probably one of my big ones. When I grew up, everything needed to make sense in my life. I wanted everything to, to, to make sense. And if it didn't make sense, I'd have to think about it, process it until it did. I want to be surrounded by reasonable people. I don't want to be surrounded by wackos. Do you? Do you? Really? And we, we see them everywhere, by the way. We see, and usually when we see people who aren't reasonable, it's those people who think in a worldly way. Or they're trying to think in a worldly way and a godly way, and you can't combine the two. It's very hard to mix up the two. And there's a lot of confusion as a result. Uh, I want people who are full of mercy and people who will forgive me easily. I, I think that would be a great thing. Uh, unwavering. Do you, do you want people around you that are just wishy-washy? People who constantly change their mind. Uh, you think they're going one way and think a certain way, and then they, they suddenly just change what they're thinking. Nobody wants that. All right, I'm not meaning to start a, a you know, I don't want to start anything here. <laughs> all right. That's all right. Uh, people who are full of hypocrisy. Nobody usually likes that. People who say they believe a certain way, but they go out and act a completely different way. Nobody likes that. Um, we are that sometimes, but we don't like to be that way, and we don't want to be surrounded by people who are that way. And we all want peace in our lives. We all want uh, that idea. So if, this, if these are all really qualities that we really want in our life and be surrounded by people who have those qualities, then we probably ought to pay attention here because this is the way that you have to believe and think in order to achieve some of these things in your life. This idea of heavenly wisdom uh, has its origin with Jesus himself. I mean, if you want to see a lot of this stuff in practice, just start reading some of Jesus' interactions with people, and you will quickly find that he is the essence of this kind of godly thinking, godly wisdom. If you look at some of his interactions with people, sometimes people thought they had him, and then all of a sudden what happened? He, yeah, he, did like, he said like two or three sentences, and they went, what? <laughs> they were dumbfounded. They were like, what? I thought I had you on the run. You know, I thought I was going to trip you up in your thinking, and all of a sudden he switches things, and he comes out with two or three short sentences, and they go away 
what just happened? What just happened? So if you want to see this earth, this heavenly wisdom, you're going to see it in the person of Jesus. Do some study about Jesus and how he interacted with people. James 1.5 James 1, James 1, says, If you lack wisdom, ask of God, and he will give you that heavenly wisdom. James 1.17 says, Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, who, who has no varying and no shadow of turning. The primary attributes or the essence of heavenly wisdom is this idea, it is first above anything else, pure. The first seven words or phrases James uses to describe heavenly wisdom, pure is the first one. What do we think of when we think of pure? Anything pop into your mind when you hear that word pure? Clean, unblemished, coming from a good place, okay, without, without fault, innocent, true. Any other thoughts? What comes to your mind? I think of food. I do. I think of food. Pure. When you see something on a package that says pure, what do you, it's pure something, right? Pure sugar. Okay. Well, no, we're, we're going, we're going the other way. We're going the other way. So we think of this idea on packages of food. You see that word all the time, don't you? Pure. So what does it mean on food when it says pure? What? It's 100%. There's nothing else added to it. What's that? No artificial colors or flavors. We have a new word now. It uh, starts with an O. Yeah, we say, rather than pure, we say organic. That makes it sound a lot, a lot better for some reason. But it's... <laughs> true, true. But on the surface, when it's on the label, we have this impression, it's pure. Nothing else is added to it. It's, it's the real deal. And that's the idea of this type of wisdom. When we look at godly wisdom and it's pure, that means what? It's pure God. No other philosophies, no other influences, no other man-made thinking gets mixed in. It's pure God thinking. Does that make sense? It's pure. It's first pure. Innocence is that, I, none of you really said it, but we think back in when I grew up, when you heard the word pure, you think of someone who hasn't had sex yet. Does anybody, did that pop into your brain? Yeah, it did. Nobody wanted to say it. Uh, but that's what, that's what, when I grew up, when you saw somebody, when someone said, oh, that person's pure, we would, that your mind goes, oh, well, they're a virgin. They haven't had sex yet. So that's the, that's the same idea, this idea that they are pure them. They are the person they were when they were born. Nothing else. Nothing else. And that's this idea of, of, of godly wisdom. We want to be thinking as God thinks with no other additives. 
you know, no artificial flavors or colors. 100% God. So if we're going to think that way, when we think that way, we have to get that from somewhere, right? We have to, to figure out how God thinks. We have to figure out how he would react in certain situations. And where do we get that from? That's right. We have to look at the Bible. We have to understand and look at how he interacted with the world. We have to understand how he uh, interacted with his people. We have to understand how uh, he guided his people, how he loved his people, how he was merciful to his people, how he corrected his people. All of that is part of the whole picture of this godly thinking, this godly wisdom. When you think about this idea of purity, um, I remember back in the day when, because uh, I think about everything in relation to food, um, but we have to think about this idea of Coke. You remember Coke when they came out with a new recipe? Did they come out with a new recipe over here? I think I was living in the States when they came out with the, the new thing instead of the real thing. It used to be Coke, the real thing, and then it was Coke, the new thing. And so they changed the recipe of Coke, and everybody hated it. You, you guys don't even remember that, do you? You ever hear about it? Well, it happened. <laughs> and it was the, one of the biggest failures of any food company ever. It was probably going probably less than a year, and they changed back. <laughs> They got rid of the new and they kept the old because everybody was used to drinking the old Coke. So changing something and trying to add something that, that people aren't used to, it makes a huge difference. I remember, I probably told you this story before, but I remember when I was uh, just freshly, well, I, wasn't, I wasn't married yet, I was just a young adult, and I was really hankering for my grandmother's peanut butter cookies. And um, I called her up and I said, Grandma, you got to give me the recipe for these cookies. I'm they, we used to call them thirsty cookies when we were little because every time you had them, they made you thirsty for milk. So was, those are her grandma's thirsty cookies. And so she gave me the recipe. I quickly wrote it down. I started throwing stuff in a you know bowl and mixing it up, and it looks just like grandma's thirsty cookies. And so what you do when you get the dough all ready and it all mixed in, you take little lumps of it with a spoon. You put it on the, the cookie pan, and then what she would do, she would fork it. You ever fork your cookies? Yeah, you just press it down with a fork and make a little, a little thing on top. It was very fun. So I put them in the oven, and I remember it didn't take very long for them to cook, and I'm, I'm watching it in the oven. When are they going to be done? And it started growing and growing and the growing. <laughs> And the, all the little balls of dough just started to grow and grow and grow until it became one big giant peanut butter cookie pizza. I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be really great. I said, this is going to be the best peanut butter pizza cookie I've ever had. And so when it got done, I got, it out, I got the pizza cutter and I'm cutting it in pizza shapes. And I grab a big pizza, I take a huge bite, and I spit it out immediately. It was so bad, so bad. It was so gross. Because I had put baking soda in it instead of baking powder, 
because you know I didn't read the second word. I just read <laughs> baking. So baking, put it in there, and it was salty and gross, and I felt really terrible that I had to throw this huge, wonderful peanut butter cookie in in the trash. But that's how it worked. You get one thing wrong. And it ruins the whole thing. And that's this idea of godly wisdom. You can be thinking about things in your life. 90% you can be thinking how God would think. And if you get one area, if you let one area creep into your life where you're thinking like the world, guess what? It can ruin the whole thing. It can ruin the whole thing. So it's important when you want and you desire to think like God and to have the wisdom of God, it's in, it's important that you just think like God and you don't try and add anything else into it. This is really important for you, especially you guys who are at uni, because you're going to meet people at uni that they're trying to mix in all these different philosophies and they're trying to think, trying to make sense of all of them. And, oh, I want some of this and I want some of that philosophy and I want some of this philosophy and you're trying to mix it all up. And guess what? It creates a lot of confusion and uncertainty. And guess what? You're going to be looked at as one of those people who are wishy-washy and not steadfast. You're going to be looked at, oh, well, that person, they don't really stand for anything because they stand up for everything. That's this idea of how to have godly wisdom is you only think as God thinks. And if if you do that, man, you're going to make sense. Things are going to make sense in your life, and things are going to be um, a lot different in your life. Let me go through some of these things. You're going to have peace in your life. Proverbs 3.17 says, her, way, her ways are ways of pleasantness and peace, and her path is peace. This is talking about a woman who is thinking like God thinks. Um, Romans 12, 18 says, if it, if it be possible as much as it is for you to live in peace with all men. The idea of, this idea of wisdom, trying to be at peace with men. Um, this attitude of heavenly or godly wisdom is gentle. It's characterized by consideration. In other words, before you go out and do something, you're considerate of other people. This idea before you say or do something, you consider how that might impact the others. I am working with this with a group of young people in my school at the moment. We have a chess club every Friday, and it's full of uh, eight little fellas. And these little fellas are trying to learn how to think. And one of the things that we're trying to do is help them try to learn that process of thinking by learning the game of chess. Because in chess, and I've just learned chess this year. I'm a very novice chess player. But if there's anything I've learned so far is if you don't make a move unless you what? Unless you know how it's going to impact the whole other game pieces that are there. I can't make a move if I don't know what that other person is going to do next. That's how chess works. And this idea of consideration is exactly that. It's, it's godly thinking. I don't want to make a move until I know how it's going to affect everyone else around me, my family, my, my partner, my children, my church family, my community that I'm living in. 
And I got to tell you, there's a lot of people, even in families, there's husbands making decisions with no consideration for their wives. There are wives making decisions with no considerations for their husbands. And there are children making choices without ever considering how it's going to impact their, their parents and even their siblings. Do you see that? That's, that's worldly wisdom. What we're talking about is godly wisdom that is considerate and gentle. We want to consider the other person's feelings. We want to consider how our choices will impact everyone else around us. So be gentle. Gather all the facts before giving your opinion on something. Gather all the facts before making a choice and anticipate what might happen around you. Philippians 2.3 says, Let nothing be done through strife, but in lowliness of mind let each think of each other better than themselves. That's this idea of godly thinking. I'm not sure we do that very often. Philippians 4, 5 says, Let your moderation be known to all men. We need to be gentle and considerate. Um, we need to be submissive. Always ready to listen. Open to suggestions. Uh, opinions. Open to correction from others. This is a huge one. How many of you like to be told what to do? Very few of us. How many of you are open if someone comes to you and say, I noticed that you were doing this wrong. Can I help you? Uh, no, thanks. Not, not going to go there. We have to be people with godly wisdom and be open and ready to listen. Open to suggestions in our life. Open to other people around. We are my way or the highway. We are the, the, the me generation, the now generation of people in the world. We only think about what we want and how we want it. Very rarely do we think about other people. Godly wisdom is full of mercy. Matthew 5, 7 said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So if you show mercy, you'll more likely be shown mercy back. Okay, if you're hard on other people and you don't forgive easily, guess what? Other people are going to be hard on you and not forgive you easily. So we need to be a people that forgive. That's godly wisdom. Earthly wisdom is the opposite. This idea of, I'm just going to run over anybody that I get a chance so I can be successful, so I can be who I want to be. But earth, heavenly wisdom, godly wisdom says we need to be full of mercy. We show mercy to needy people who don't deserve it. Otherwise, when you don't deserve it, people will show mercy to you. I was talking to a, a man today, uh, this week um, about a family who really needed some assistance. And um, they, uh, it's interesting. We were in a group of uh, people when we were talking about this, and it was interesting that... Uh, this family that needed our assistance hadn't always been nice to our community. They hadn't been nice to other students in our in our school, uh, but yet they needed they needed a lot of help. And I'm saying, oh, we got to help these people. Uh, they don't have food. They don't have blankets. It's cold at the moment. We need the, these children to be taken care of. And it was interesting in the group how many people actually spoke up and said, look. 
they haven't been nice to our community. They don't deserve our help. What kind of thinking is that? That's worldly thinking, worldly wisdom. Okay, If they haven't been nice to us, we don't have to be nice to them. That's what was coming up. But sounder minds prevailed. <laughs> and we were able to actually help this family. Actually, North Lakes provided three baskets of food for them this week. Um, other, other people provided blankets for them this week. And they were warm and fed at least for the next couple of weeks because we used godly thinking. I could have thought the same way. They haven't always been nice to me. But that's not godly thinking. That's Rob thinking. Godly thinking says we move to meet their needs. We're full of mercy because God's been merciful to us. So we have to have that kind of thinking. And lastly, this kind of thinking says we need to be full of good fruit. Now what this means is that our our uh, actions need to match our thinking. So we need to be full of, of good fruit. In other words, the things that we do need to, need to look like and portray what we're thinking about. Um, in Galatians 5, and 23 says, if you have godly wisdom, this, this is the fruit to expect in your life. You, you know it all. It's love, joy, peace, patience, Self-control, gentleness, goodness, and faithfulness, meekness, temperance, against such thing there is no law. In other words, if you're thinking like God and have his wisdom, these are the things that are going to be in your life. People are going to be able to look at you and go, well, that person has a lot of self-control. That person has some discipline. They have, they're loving, they're kind, they're gentle. They have patience in their life. They're willing to wait. Um, they have meekness. We are his workmanship, Ephesians 2.10 says. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has ordained that we should walk in those good works and that our fruit will be seen by the people around us. That all begins right here. That all begins in how you think how you process this world. If you're thinking like the world, if you're having the wisdom of this world, guess what kind of fruit you're going to show forth? Worldly fruit. If you think like God, in the purity of His wisdom, not adding a bunch of other stuff to it, but if you think like God, you will begin to act like God, and you will begin to show forth His fruit. So I guess to end up, we have to start examining ourselves. What kind of fruit are we showing? What kind of things are, are, is present in our life? Um, wisdom is not something just that we assume that we have. We have to actually begin to work at it. We have to actually start to put it into practice in our life. Um, so we need to examine ourselves. We need to think about this. Um, once you go home, Open up your app. Uh, save it, by the way, because you won't have access to it after you leave here if you don't save it. But save your app and go down through that list and look. How many of those things do I have in my life? How many, how many of those things are, are 
shone forth to me. If, if people were to look at me, would they see a person who's gentle and kind? Uh, would they see somebody who is full of mercy? Would they see somebody who's full of patience? Ask yourself those questions. And if not, note that and, and begin to work on those certain areas in your life where you're not showing forth God's godly wisdom, his thinking. Um, and if you're not, uh, I'm, I'm here to help you. Uh, we're, we're in this together. We can always just walk this walk together. If there's certain areas in your life you need to improve on, I can guarantee you I've messed up in that area at least once. And I know I have some experience. And I know there are others here as well that would be more than happy to walk with you through that. Um, it's difficult. Living in this world is difficult. Living in a world that tells you to think like the world is difficult. Living in the world and trying to think like God is really difficult. That's why God says, I want you to be in this world, but not of this world. He says, I want you to live in the world. That's great, but I don't want you to be like the world. I want you to be different. So this contrast of earthly and godly wisdom is, is a big deal. We have to address it. We can't live any longer trying to mix the two. It just creates a lot of confusion, and you will waste a lot of years of your life trying to figure it all out, trying to mix it all together and come up with this gob of goo that doesn't make any sense. We need to understand there's two ways to live, okay? And we need to choose which path we're going to be on. And that's your homework this week is to examine where you're at and kind of come up with some, some plans to attack some of those areas where you might be thinking in a worldly way. Make sense? Cool. So that's the end of Chapter 3. Um, we will continue Chapter 4 and 5 starting next week. And uh, appreciate you spending some time on this, spending some time and effort trying to uh, learn it and put it into practice because James is he's very practical uh, guy, aren't you? Yep, very practical guy. Uh, he would probably be a mechanic if he if he was living today. You know, just one of those guys with his hands all greased up, and you know, a guy comes, "How should I live my life, James?" Well, you shouldn't do this and that. So, see ya. I got to get busy on this car. So that's that's what. <laughs> so that's it. So let's pray, and then we can have some snackers. So. Hey, God, thank you for today, and thank you for teaching us, helping us to. Uh, have open hearts and minds to learning something new. Um, we ask you to give us a little bit of uh, courage uh, and, be, and to be brave about uh, opening these areas of our life that need attention. Um, help us to think differently. Um, we ask that you help uh, give us that wisdom. It says, it says, James says, you if we ask for that wisdom, you're, you're going to be giving it to us. So uh, we want to ask for that wisdom this week. Give us wisdom. Help us to think like you think, purely like you think with no, no additives. Uh, help us to just be and to think like you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.